Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Road, the transportation industry podcast where we talk all things transportation and logistics. Joining me today to talk about the trucking industry during March and kind of give us a synopsis or an overview of what the heck is going on in the truckload freight market is Reed. Reed's been on the podcast before, but Reed, thanks for joining me again. Anytime. What, uh, what do you do at ATS, Reed? I am the corporate pricing manager. Uh, most of what my group does is contract freight, RFQ pricing. Um, we also do you know, CRM, customer management, um, spot recommended rates, stuff like that. Okay. It's a busy time of year for your team? Very, very, yeah. What are you quoting? <laughs> uh, so we, we see RFQs from our flatbeds, drive-ins, logistics divisions, so... Flatbeds typically are really busy at the end of uh, end of the year, so we just got over that hump. Now dry vans are really hot; they're popping right now. People are trying to lock in contracts for the extended uh, future. Yeah, yeah. They see low rates, they sniff it out, and they come out lock it in for a full year. That's their goal. Well, the last time we talked to you was in November, I think. I think it was early November, late November. We were heading into kind of a, what we were hoping would be a retail peak. Um. What has changed since we talked in November when we were, you know, 2023 had been a difficult year. Is 2024 kind of a a difficult year from a rate perspective thus far? Loaded question. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Since November, it's kind of the same old. Um, We're same same trajectory as we were at that point. Um, 24 outlook, you know, is pretty much in question. Uh, We kind of compared to what we saw in 2019. We're flat year, heavy on the contract side, a lot of carriers locking in rates at, you know, specific price points and keeping their assets happy. Yeah. Is that, so is that all coming off of, um, I know we touched on it before, but when did, when did the, uh, the severe drop in, in spot rates start to happen? Uh, severe drop, uh, depends if you look at flatbeds or dry vans, but, um, 2022, you know, is when we started seeing things fall off the map a little bit. Flatbeds try to hang on a little bit, um, so their drop came in 23, and they're still seeing a pretty significant drop right now with the new rates that we're locking in. Yeah, current current state, the are spot rates lower than they were last year? Yeah. They yeah. Are across the board? So spot rates January 23 versus January 24. Uh, dry van spot rates, uh, we're looking at a 10% decrease, and then on the flatbed side, we're looking at over a 20% decrease of where they were at a year ago wow what, what are the contributing factors to that there's a lot um there's the overall capacity is just hanging on not a lot of carriers or, yeah. or drivers are exiting the market um and then overall load demand is just stagnant there's not a whole lot of shipments to be had uh there's not a lot of expansions going on with inflation and interest rates so there's not a lot of projects starting up yeah. um so yeah just that imbalance between the amount of drivers and loads that are out there. Yeah, can you talk to me about what drives the demand in the the dry van market and the flatbed market? And because well, you uh, said that um, there's not a whole lot of market demand, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know it all ties back to what are people buying? You know, what's the yeah. current economic standpoint? Um, on the dry van side, we saw our biggest influx of volume in the beginning of COVID when you're going out and buying consumer goods and staying indoors. Well, that kind of shifts to services. Um, and so when your spending becomes other growth buckets, you kind of go towards the flatbed side and there's kind of a varying level of, um, loads that need to be shipped in that area. So if shippers just generally aren't expanding or they're not very busy 
or they're not selling a lot of goods or if inventories are too high already, um, they need to have a little bit of a rebalance. And so load count drops to the trucking world. Do you anticipate that um, this, you know, the next six to nine months are going to be kind of more the same? Uh, In the next six months, I can see rates being very flat um, for both sides, drive-in and flatbeds. Like I said, they're locking in contract rates. And as soon as they sniff out the spot market coming up, they're going to, you know, hold off any rate negotiations. Obviously, they don't want to raise their own rates if they locked in pretty cheap. Um, So usually that's a sign for very flat rate year. Um, We've been bouncing along the bottom. Carriers are really struggling, you know, with their costs versus what rates are coming in the door. So nine months down the road, I think people are going to have a lot of pressure. I yeah. think there's not going to be a sustainable time frame for carriers to continue with the rates with, with where they're at now. Yeah. Have you found it surprising about, uh, you know, how much co- uh, capacity has kind of stuck around the, mm-hmm. the industry That's for so long? It's been, I don't know, 18, 20 months, yeah. right, of pretty extreme cost pressures. Yeah, yeah. The market's just been troopers. Drivers just hanging on, yeah. you know. Um, there, there's small efficiencies that they can find along the way, um, that negate a low rate, yeah. uh, staying loaded for longer, um, hauling shorter miles just cause your CPM's higher, um, staying loaded, uh, getting out of the house earlier, avoiding empty miles. You know, there's things that a trucking company can do to negate a low rate, but it's only so long before you run out of that niche market or other people are also going for it. And so, uh, yeah, so capacity's hung on a little too long. It's really amazing to see. Um, do you, uh, I know, so I was going through our intranet and I noticed that you break down, it sounds like weekly, uh, trends in, you know, regional pockets of the United States. Can you kind of give me a, an overview of, of wh- why your team is looking at those things and. Yeah, we're trying to give confidence to the, you know, CSRs and sales reps to price competitively, show where ops is able to cover loads easier um, so we can get a consistent load count in those areas, fix, you know, some holes that we might have on the asset network. Um, so we try to give that information and be the middleman between the operation side and the sales group, screaming, this is what we need more of, go get it. Um, and it's a daily, weekly need, so we try to keep up with that. Are there any areas of the country that start to become hot this time of year? I know the January to, would you say the end of March is usually a pretty slow time for freight movement? Yeah, it's usually pretty slow. Uh, there's pockets that drivers tend to gravitate towards. So Georgia, Texas, those Southeast and, and Texas markets are um, not necessarily hot as a rate standpoint, but where drivers like to be at during this time of the year. Yeah. Um, and so those rates, they're competitive. There's a lot of capacity down there. Um, there's a lot of loads to be had too, um, but for the most part, those are where drivers like to gravitate towards. But if you're looking for a good rate, um, Midwest is usually a pretty stout rate. Um, Chicago, throughout this entire you know influx of rates and markets, has been pretty strong. Um, there's going always a lot Chicago, of freight. going into that area. Yeah, in and out. You know, wow. there's enough volume; it keeps enough people happy. We've seen a lot of success in Chicago markets, so. Those are the areas that stay strong. Yeah. Um, Detroit, Wisconsin are usually pretty good. I mean, the lack of drivers, the people avoiding the cold weather and the the ice is just going to make for a better rate if you're willing to stick it out. Sure. Um, Vice versa for the northeast and west coast, people want to avoid that, you know, with weather. Um, So if you're going to go there, you're going to want a pretty good rate and then get out of there as soon as possible and get to a better market. Sure. 
Can you uh, talk to me about what's going on in California? California. Uh, there's a lot of hot topics out of California. Um, they're going to, I think they're looking at their emissions. So in, yeah. intra-California is going to be really difficult. Um, in and out of California is always a varying rate level. Uh, so, you know, you're getting a lot of miles. Typically, you're going to go back yeah. and to Texas markets or further. So drivers like to see a lot of miles. Um, but, yeah, whatever you can do to get in and get out is probably the safe bet right now. Sure. We're coming into... What would you say that? What would you say the major seasonality is that we're coming into? Uh, construction. Yeah, you're on the early side of construction. Um, we see a lot of different early moves for soil. Uh, you know, shingles, lumber, like you said, housing starts. Any any projects that might be kicking off early. Yeah. Um, those are usually a safe bet for the flatbed market to start moving now. Yeah, produce. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, people started thinking about that pretty early. Do you price a lot of reefer freight? Uh, we do. We don't have any asset reefers, so we're pricing strictly to broker those lanes. Um, all sorts of business on the reefer. There's so much seasonality that goes into it. You know, you're kind of pricing against the tide. You know, you're looking at a full year cycle at that point, so yeah. it's a little bit different the way we price it. Are the, are rates steadier in the reefer market? Are they typically CPMs typically higher? Just, Typically, you have a premium on your CPMs. Um, reefers and vans can be used fairly interchangeably. So if you're slow on a reefer, you can always haul uh, a van load on a reefer trailer, oh, uh, depending sure, on what sure. commodities you're talking about and what areas you're at. So the reefer market tends to follow the general trend of a van with just higher peaks and valleys for that seasonality. But very rarely will it come below a van rate. You know, there's yeah. always a little bit of a premium for that trailer. Sure. Yeah. Just shorter supply and added yeah. costs. And, and they costs. get so condensed to certain areas during those times of the year. So if you do have produce coming out of Florida or if you have anything in California, it's just you have such centralized capacity in those areas, sure. the rest of the market's going to have a hard time finding a truck at that time. Gotcha. Uh, what about load to truck ratios? Have you seen any concerning trends or any int- anything of in- you know that's intrigued you the last few months that we've talked? So compared to last year, they're low. If we're looking just at January 23 versus January 24, uh, we're 10% lower on loaded truck ratio on the drive-in market, but 30% lower on the flatbed. That's oh kind of where those rate changes came from. First is December and November since we last talked. It's promised. There's an uptick. You know, we're going from, you know, eight loads to truck ratio on a flatbed up to maybe 12 Sure. Um, if we're talking the peaks of 22 and 21, we're at 80 loads per truck, so it's still not wow. near where we were. Um, but, it, I mean, a slight uptick from where we were at a couple months ago. Sure, and that's a good trend for the industry. Yeah, yeah, as long as it sustains, you know. If we're looking at just one month at a time, there's so much variability. January was so tough because of all the weather. Like Iowa and Pennsylvania, we had to shut trucks down for a week at a time Yeah, if they were stuck in those areas. So that influences it. So what does February end up looking like? Is it an actual uptick trend up before we get too excited and say rates are going to come back swinging, you know? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So those so those ratios in origin or destination locations, those are significant indicators of, of rates or drive rates significantly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are the two biggest factors. I mean, you still have like the cost of operating a truck. Those are things that, you know, if that goes up, your rates are usually going to have to follow. Otherwise, you're going to have a hard time paying your bills. Yeah. 
Um, but really supply and demand are the leading indicators to yeah. where the market's at. Can you speak to the cost of operating a truck and how that's kind of changed over the last couple of years? Yeah, uh, to an extent, like maintenance, truck trailer maintenance, that's all gone up. You know, the cost of having a lease has gone up. Um, just the per mile cost that those two things accrue. Yeah. Um, overall expectation of the driver pay, you know, has gone up. Fuel has gone up. So if you're locking an all-in rate, you know, maybe a couple of years ago was a lot different. Yeah. Um, we, you know, so those are the things that you kind of try to negate. Fuel, we try to do a spot quote and keep that live with what this week's fuel is. Gotcha. And, yeah. Um, Pretty up to the moment. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, you really run a lot of risk with that. So. Yeah. Uh, that is a. It's a, it's amazing to me that the operating expenses continue to go up while the while rates continue to go down. How? Uh, there's so much market pressure, you know, shippers are in the driver's seat, so they're, yeah. they're not having difficulty getting the loads covered. And so they're going to keep driving that market down and that rate down until they, Hey, I dropped my shipping budget by X percent this year. And th- there's always a driver who's willing to do it. And yeah. unless those drivers start leaving the market, it's really hard for us to get in there. Um, it's hard for us to even onboard unless we can beat a rate right now. It feels like you know, the premiums of having a drop trailer or capacity or a guarantee or, hey, I have a fleet, a manager, a dedicated truck. You know, those things are out the window and we're all focused on rates right now. Yeah. Um, and so we're at the mercy of a shipper right now if we, sure. if we want volume. Sure. And then so how does that swing back? You know, there's always cycles to that. You know, a shipper gets burned with a broker, you know, or, you know, they run an incumbent for so long and that incumbent struggles on a load and service failures. And so you see cycles of that. Uh, Market pressure is one. You know, obviously, if demand starts increasing, then we start getting a little more control. But without that, the things that we're providing are drop trailer service and and, uh, potentially better service than what you're dealing with. That's our sell. That's yeah. kind of like our give and take to a higher rate. Yeah, because we just have higher operating or overhead expenses than a small trucking company. Or... Right, right. And the willingness to take risk varies, you know, between us and them. So, yeah, it's it's that give and take when they hit a wall with what they're dealing with now. And yeah. then all of a sudden they have to turn the page and look at a carrier or an asset. You yeah. Know, it's a little different. Sure. So really what we're looking for is we're looking for capacity to exit the market. Yeah. If we're a trucking company that wants to make more money, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. looking for other people to leave the market and we're looking for an increase in, in freight volumes and demand from the overall market, which is driven by econo- economic patterns. And- yeah. Yeah. Both those things would be major releases from where we're at, reliefs. Um, increase in load count, you know, that means we're avoiding a recession. You know, is that going to happen or is that possible? Uh, if we hit a recession, you know, the trucking market's already been through the bulk of it right now and we'll probably come out ahead. Um but that's where you start to see a lot of those decisions and, and changes and dials being tweaked. Yeah. Um, so if loads don't come up, if we hit a recession and volumes are limited and growth rates in America are slow, how does the trucking market raise rates and get back on top? Yeah. Then your suppliers need to come down, your costs need to come down, or miraculously your rates just need to magically come up. Right. You know? And there's not a lot you can do to control that as a trucking company. Like you, yeah. like you can try to control rates to a certain extent before you just price yourself out of winning. Yeah, there's a fine line. And like I said, with the shipper in the driver's seat and we're giving a rate out there, like we, we know we need this rate to keep our driver happy. Yeah. You know, they have 20% less from the next guy. Why wouldn't they go with that guy? So, yeah, you're kind of at the mercy in that middleman of we need this to operationally function. 
and the shipper's only willing to pay us that. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you have any advice for uh, shippers throughout the this year? Uh, you know, they're all focused on their KPIs. They're making sure that they're on time percentage pickups are, uh, you know, there's no excuse for, uh, low levels of service right now. The next guy will do it better and faster. Um, so keeping that in mind, keeping opportunities like dropping trailers and, and other efficiencies that the trucking market can provide, you know, if we have an excess amount of trailers and trucks right now, use them, you know, uh, take advantage of that. Uh, obviously cost is important, but there's other things that you can benefit, you know, from a high quality trucking solution. Sure. So, what yeah. are the risks? And this is maybe a lead, kind of a leading question, but what are the risks of locking in those like contracts at, you know, historic low, low rates mm-hmm. of the shipper? Uh, you're always going to have like a waterfall system. And that first carrier, the cheapest carrier right now is not going to make it for a full 12 consecutive months happily. There's no way. Yeah. Right. So the way I price freight is to service at nine months of the year and usually take a hit that three months and continue to do it. But you're going to have to waterfall to those next carriers as failures come up. And so whether you have a plan in place for that, or if you thought that carrier was your one solution, those are the flexibility that you need to have and be able to move on to that next carrier. Once that rate starts to fail, um, there's going to be a certain point where that contract rate is way lower than a spot rate. That driver's going to see another opportunity next door to you and he's going to take the spot rate all day long. So either be ready to negotiate your rates back up with that carrier, if you like them, or be willing to move on from that carrier and go on to the next one. So, uh, anything else about uh, March specifically? March specifically, yeah, uh, we're heading into March. March is a quiet time of year. Seasonal load restrictions are in place in many areas. The country's thawing out. Produce, yeah. Maybe produce harvest is going to p- perhaps happen. Yeah, yeah, lots moving. Um, you know. Thawing out is one word, but I don't see any snow on the ground here in Minnesota. We've been so. thawed. We've been thawed forever <laughs> for the whole year. <laughs> yeah, we should be more nervous about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, just I think it's the same old, same old. You know, keep volumes yeah. coming out, stay consistent. End of quarter. What does that mean to you? End of quarter for me. Uh, big relief on volumes um, as far as RFQs coming out. Yeah. You know, I think those will slow down quite a bit in April, May. People usually get pretty content. Um, and then now it's looking deeper at what contracts are working really well for us, uh, what holes in the network we still have that we need to fill on the, the network side or the spot board. So that's kind of where our focus will shift as a pricing group specifically. Um, and then just hoping that there's enough loads to go around for the rest of the assets. Yeah. Is your job harder or easier than it was in 21? Uh, it's different. So volumes have significantly gone up. Yeah. So it's gone from very analytical and in the weeds and being able to take time to be, you know, doing those extracurricular projects to be more efficient and better and smarter as a company to, we just got to grind this out. We got to get as many opportunities through the door as possible. And now we have to find a way to do that as efficiently as possible. So, you know, it went from a very data minded focus to, we just got to win some freight that fits the network. Yeah. And so it's been a little different for our group. Sure. Cool. Yeah. I just kind of wanted to gauge whether, you know, high rates or low rates are easier for a pricing yeah. person. More pressure with the low rates. Obviously, you Definitely. know, people want to see a turnaround. People want to see what the light at the end of the tunnel is and when it's coming. And it's hard when you don't know when that is and when it, you know, you don't have optimism on certain contracts. And and so we, we continue to find those niche markets and try to get a little bit of win. Um 
but there's only so much I can hold you off for before rates just, you know, the only correction to a bad rate is a bad rate. At the end of the day, people are going to start leaving the market. Yeah. You know, people are going to get sick of it, and now you're going to be able to bump the rate back up. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. I think DOT registrations happen on, are like a year on a yearly basis. So I wonder if there was a significant decrease between 23 and 24. Yeah, that, that and authorities we look at a lot okay. of like insurance starts. You yeah. know, it's not necessarily companies going out of business. It's how many were going to enter the market that no longer are going to continue on sure. with that process. Sure. And so it's starting or to Or drivers going back to fleets or something, like an owner-operator. Yeah, right. Sure. What's consistent? What do I know? And what do I, you know, what was I good at? Yeah. So, yeah, those things are usually a pretty decent indicator of, you know, capacity changes throughout the market. Sweet. All right. Well, thanks for coming on here, Reed. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Easy. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, you have been listening to Beyond the Road, the transportation industry podcast where we talk all things transportation and logistics. If you liked what you heard here today, make sure to follow along wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. For more transportation-related content and information, head over to the ATS Learning Hub at atsinc.com slash learning hyphen hub. On the Learning Hub, you will find a comprehensive library of answers to transportation's most common questions in the form of videos, articles, podcasts like this one. Downloadable tools and more, all created to help you become the supplier that always delivers for its customers. Uh, yeah, speak to you again soon on another episode of Beyond the Road. Cue Bye. the guitar riff. <laughs> Ba-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-